0: A travel ban will be placed on all non-residents, non-Australian citizens coming to Australia, and that will be in place from 9pm tomorrow evening.
1: Well, hold up. Is this another podcast? What are they up to, Jakey? What are we doing? we are back right we
0: are back with another episode this is actually kick-starting the world of weird in 2021 this is our first oh. episode on the podcast and we're back to talk travel today this will be fun
1: I think this one's ultra topical dude
0: what do you say we're, I'm in a Mr lockdown
1: you're in a lockdown you're stuck in Brisbane let's talk about how we get out of this we're geographical friends that want to talk geographically today here on the world of weird I'm pumped my name is Ryan. this is Jake we've been doing this for a little while mate uh where do we start with
0: this one so first of all we have a guest which we haven't really discussed yet but we talked to a travel influencer maybe some might know of him his name's jordan tuali often seen with the handle jordentially because it's one word. But <laughs> We chatted to Jordan, <laughs> we chatted to Jordan uh, about the media and its impact on our thoughts around travel. I think specifically as an Australian, maybe a millennial, millennial Australian or a Gen Z Australian, Jordan's Probably falling into that, that bracket Being one of the biggest travel influencers on TikTok We also chatted to him about what it's like moving to Mexico
1: Not weird at all uh, It was quite funny when we did that chat We were all in three completely different places in the world You're going to hear a bit of that later Actually, you know Hear a bit of it now This is what's coming up later in the show It's
2: the world of
1: weird I was just being rocked like a baby And
3: I was like... <laughs> I was like, is this how babies like to fall asleep? Because this was the most scarring experience of my life. People with very emotional situations are coming to me saying, this happened to me. And now look at you. Jordan is (laughs) the virus. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, it really puts me in a weird situation. Look at London. It survived a war. Will London have people in it again?
0: Because of COVID, people have more time. There's this community out there that wants to clean and press the reset button on Bali before we open up to international tourism.
1: Weird. Ooh, that guy I can talk. And, uh, if you own a phone or have over the last five years, he's huge on an icon called TikTok. He's massive on Instagram. I'm sure you can recognize his face. You've spent some time with him, dude. He's a good guy.
0: I did, and we did chat about that. Um, but one of the things I found most interesting about you know, having the conversation with Jordan, and something that I am, you know, I'm concerned about, I'm slightly concerned about. What are the long-term repercussions
1: of this current travel ban? Absolutely. I think we might need to start this episode with a disclaimer that we are talking about something we have absolutely really no control over. We're literally throwing our opinions in the mix here uh, based upon the information that we have currently as of today. So you might (laughs) listen to this in a week's time and and everything will change, but this is an opinionated voice On behalf of three individuals that are very passionate about travel, I mean, dude, what would our friendship be like if we hadn't had travel in our lives? I mean, that has been a big rock within our friendship, huge,
0: mate. We we made a YouTube video together on our first time travel stories in 2014.
1: Oh, we all seen that. (laughs) (laughs) That was a huge (laughs) pop.
0: We also we also were fortunate to go on like our very first paid travel experience together as well as a bunch of free ones. But we've done a whole heap within the travel world. Anyway, I just get back to that thought of being a Gen Z or finishing high school. If you were to finish high school in 2020, one of the things I would consider doing after my first year of finishing high school would be to take a gap year, would be be to travel abroad and experience a different culture for the sake of... Just collecting my thoughts and learning a little bit more about the world outside my individual bubble, my individual friendship circle, my my spoken language. Absolutely. And I'm just concerned. I mean, I'm concerned, you know, as a Gen Z, where <laughs> are they going? <laughs> what are they doing? Are they taking that? Are they going interstate?
1: Is that because that's not that exciting if you're an Australian? It isn't, mate. And I think this is the one thing that we're going to lean on the most here. And that's talking about... <sighs> What we predict might happen. I mean, for example, um, we, we're living in a, in a world right now where things will never be the same as they were again. I mean, we are so fortunate to have the experiences and the memories that we've created over previous times, which unfortunately, I'm not sure if our kids will have the exact same voice. I don't know yeah. what their experiences are going to be, but I mean- I mean, we've all had that experience, well, I hope most of us have. If you've been on that gap, you've probably had a pizza in one hand, a vino in the other, in the third hand, maybe an express line to the Coliseum, you've got your ticket because there's so many people around you in the middle of Rome that all want to do the exact same thing. They're bumping you, it's hot, there's people everywhere. That is part of the experience. That, for me, is when I first saw the Coliseum, what that was. Rip that memory up because that no longer (laughs) exists. There's no way in the world that anyone – Post 2021 is ever going to be surrounded by that many people at an event or a landmark that big? Only because it just it just won't happen.
0: Our plan is to ensure that over the next six months, or as long as it then takes, that we can effectively build a bridge to ensure that Australians, those who are impacted, we can bring them across that bridge where on that side the economy is rebounding and Australian life can go back to what it was. When you were, you know, nineteen twenty.
1: What were some of those first trips, first overseas trips that you took? Take us back. Dude, excellent question. Yes, I have a thousand uh, memories and emotions when it wraps around this. And that is that when I first wanted to travel, I wanted to live off the grid as much as possible, right? I wanted to take the least amount of things in my backpack. I wanted to get sunburnt. I wanted to get in trouble. I wanted to like <laughs> test myself. I wanted no one to know where I was. I wanted to be wild, right? That's what traveling is. But I feel as though... If I was to have that experience again now, I don't know how many people would actually be able to be so far off the grid. I think we're going to live smack bang on it. I feel as though thanks to like, I mean, without, with our phones and like even with the current regulations of like, uh, QR codes and checking in and like all these restrictions, I feel as though on the grid is somehow the new off the grid. And that is a big fat shame because I remember when I was, I was just fearless. I would, I would happily walk it hours through the night knowing that I was safe. I knew that I could walk through a busy market knowing for well that I'd bump into a friend or make a friend where I'm scared that the kids these days who may have been exactly what you were saying, 18, 19, going on these trips the first time might feel anxiety, might feel nervous, mm. might feel fear of being in these big crowds just because they don't feel safe. And that isn't that takes away the spirit of what travelling actually is. So, (sighs) yeah, I mean, yes, that is my experience and I'm so blessed to have had those, but then you – Base it back to our chat and our current conversation as to moving forwards and this next generation, which I want to be able to have the same stories and have you know the same stories to tell their grandkids. I just wonder what those stories are going to be, dude. What do you think? Mm. Hey, Scott. We've learned the Biden administration is eyeing mid-May as a potentially suitable timeframe to begin relaxing restrictions on non-essential travel, both at the land borders with Mexico and Canada, and for inbound international travelers coming in from the UK, Europe, and Brazil. This, according to two sources. When
0: you bring and you raise up that topic around how the next generation of travelers will approach travel in today's era we're all influenced by media and media in many forms we you know when you say that off the grid or on the grid is now the off the grid travel it's like I immediately think of the smartphone directly impacting our ability to decision-make. You know, like you look at today, you look at like, um, even there's like a statistic I read this week about what the jobs young people wanted. And the top three jobs was like YouTuber, filmmaker, influencer, and like all the fun of, ones,
1: <laughs> everything we've done, really.
0: <laughs> a, lot, a lot of these jobs, like all, they literally all evolve around globetrotting, around being different places around the world to capture different um, stories, to share their lived experiences. You know, through this through this lens, through this lived lens, not a digital lens, but a lived lens. Going and having experiences, and I do question whether that same sentiment, which has been brought upon, in my opinion, via the media, via consumption of fear that travel is potentially risky is potentially dangerous is going to change just some of the way people people act it's going to change society it's going to change people's curiosity to you know to to book a one way ticket to a country that they're not they don't speak the language of to immerse themselves in other cultures you know is it going to segregate the world that we live in and is the only form of really interconnectedness mm. is that going to come from virtual experiences, because I certainly don't want that. Hey, I read an article this week, um, which which was in the Guardian. It was published <laughs> on the 28th of March. And it was it says, that, like, most Britons have given up on the hope of holidaying abroad in 2021. It later goes on to say that opinion polls suggest majority uh, reconciled to staying put. But that's a very specific um, article to to Britons, to to British people based on 2021, the environment that they're in and, um, you know, their current relationship with COVID-19, their current relationship with this strain of virus. If I was to ask an Australian, you know, Australian millennial, hey, what are your thoughts on like traveling to the UK right now? What do you think they would say? Should we should we do
1: some box Pops? Should we go out and ask them? Well, mate, good news. Uh, I hit the street today and asked a couple of people that exact same question. And this is what they had to say. It's
2: a world of weird.
1: Um, I really miss my friends who
0: live overseas. And in general, I want to go see all of them. I've got friends in Stoke, friends in Manchester, friends in Annecy in England, uh, France. Fuck. Um, I would love to go visit all of them right now. Had planned to go visit some of them and COVID has kind
1: of ruined that, which is unfortunate.
2: Weird. Would I travel to the UK right now? I mean, no.
1: We have amazing freedom here in Australia, because our government seems to be managing the situation correctly. I feel that this is what the UK went all through this Brexit dilemma for, was like, we want control of our borders, and the first time you were able to control your borders, you've fucked it up massively.
2: Weird. I feel like right now, Everyone who's in Australia would love to get out of Australia. Anyone who, like, is a travel lover would love to get out of Australia. UK is a great as option as any, I feel. Um, and I also know from just having come back from overseas for quite some time, people in the UK were unable to get back to Australia. Like, so if you go there with a plan to stay there for, like, X amount of time hoping to be able to come back to Australia and you don't have a spare, like, 26K in your back pocket you kind of stop. It's the world of weird. Great to
0: hear that's what Australians think, but following on from this article, I mean, I myself haven't been able to ask British people a question, but the article is stating that people are pessimistic about the chance of foreign holidays resuming anytime soon. French President Emmanuel Macron was forced to act.
1: Du variant qui risque. We will lose control if we do not move now.
0: Macron has tried to keep the country open as a way to protect the already battered economy. But with many intensive care units at breaking point and a slower-than-planned vaccine rollout, the economy had to wait.
1: Remember this figure. 44% of patients in intensive care are today less than 65 years old. Did you not once think... It's the world. However... Right
0: there and then, it was just like... Through the back of one of the... Um, neither of us have been on a cruise... ...of
1: I'm sorry. I don't know what your media is telling you, but I know exactly what they're telling me over here. Okay, I'm going to calm down. I do have a sip of water. Hang on. You take it away.
0: Have a sip. Have a sip. So following on from oh, that statistic, I'll also make mention, now that we're talking travel, there's an article published in Forbes uh, just this week. We're stating that Paris, the Paris region where I currently reside right now, as of this recording of this podcast, lost $15.5 billion in 2020 amid this historic tourism drop. Now, it says, according to a new report, 33.1 million fewer tourists visited Paris last year, causing tourism revenues to fall 15.5 billion. The Louvre Museum saw attendance fall 72% in 2020, while visitors to Versailles, I and Anna were two of these because we visited Versailles in 2020, fell by (laughs) 72%. And now I am in the artistic and I made a video walking through Versailles. For, th- for those listeners that have no idea what I'm talking about, Versailles is this gigantic chateau and estate which holds a lot of French history about it. It's very fundamental in French culture. It's a beautiful, beautiful um, chateau which you can go and visit with a gallery, these beautiful gardens. Anyway, we walked through it and on a normal day, I mean, I have not had it my normal experience of Versailles was walking through each of the rooms in the gallery with no more than 10 people in the room. Now that- Wow. For those of you that have been to this place,
1: you would- I've been there. Just imagine, I don't know, Britney Spears playing to an entire stadium with 10 people down the front. That's kind of what it
0: would feel like. We had all of Britney to ourselves. She was like, we could literally request Britney Spears songs. <laughs> like, was like oh, can, oh, you do, can you do that, like, bring in back, bring in Britney one again? Do that one. I want that again. Play it again. Like, you can literally get that experience.
1: That's unheard of. Oh, dude. Unbelievable. Oh, man, this, yes, it's, it's those sort of things. I think that's what we need to touch on. I think this is what this podcast is all about. Like, if you want to go into that sort of realm, the environment also isn't stoked environment is so pissed off everyone at the very beginning was like oh there's dolphins in the canals going down Venice no there's not those dolphins are well and truly gone mate if they were they're dead there's <laughs> all this preconceived conception that the, that the environment is fighting back and there's probably an ounce of truth in that from my experience of my readings and my learnings and I guess now I'm verbalizing so now they'll become teachings but there's so much stuff that like oh, obviously tourism was doing beautiful things for lots of different types of environments for example, people were going through and spending money or like putting their footprints all over particular tourism hubs. Let's use Asia, for example. And so those communities were happily to put money back into those communities knowing full well that they were actually going to get some return. And just because no one's coming through to see it, that's all falling apart.
2: It's a world of weird.
1: So here we are standing waist to knee depth in the rivers, the Badung district. he has got all these workers here. They've all lost their jobs in the COVID pandemic. They used to work in tourism, etc. Now they're out here every day attacking these rivers with sickles, with chainsaws, or whatever they've got. It's a war on plastic. There's a long way to go. Like, man, we've even get into like illegal poaching activities, like fishing, mining, deforestation, all this stuff. Is, is is now modern day issues. But because there's so many other bigger issues out there and everyone just like points towards COVID and it's only because we're the ones that potentially could get sick, all these little sub issues just don't mm-hmm. get a lot of day. And that's really, really frustrating. All this biomedical waste is also skyrocketing as well as single use plastics and like food and drink deliveries, not including all of our cheap disposable blue masks, which we use once a day and then disregard. So mm-hmm. it's, it's with the decline of wildlife tourism it's, it's it's like for some reason, the revenue and the conservation almost, it's drying up and one almost needs the other somehow. Has the thought crossed your
0: mind if you're sitting listening to this podcast? Like if people right now aren't able to travel, has that created an impact, a positive impact on the environment? Like undoubtedly, you'd think yes, right? Undoubtedly, like because there's less planes in the sky, there's less like fossil fuels being burnt for, you know engine jet fuel and you know, there's less people Mm -hmm. commuting around the world. Like that must have caused positive impacts on the planet. And I mean, I think we saw like, you know, you saw those photos of like dolphins returning to the canals of Venice, um, You saw like the pollution reduced over China. Like there was these NASA data satellite imagery that was like, oh look, look, there's less pollution. Like COVID's actually causing some really positive things for the planet. But then you also touched on like the fact that, well, having less people kind of working in certain sectors, namely tourism, and namely (laughs) wildlife tourism, Uh is problematic is hugely problematic. I wanted to jump in and just add this little this little bit. It says, The New York Times provides uh, a general report on the known susceptibility of great apes, yada, 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 to human diseases and the risk of gorillas contacting coronavirus from tourists. Under normal interaction regulations being in place, while gorilla tourism programs have been temporarily discontinued in the Democratic Republic of Congo, others remain open in Uganda, but there are no tourists because of widespread travel bans. Conservation groups, however, believe the real risk to the remaining critically endangered gorilla populations in Africa is likely to be due to increased poaching activities if funding for patrols, decline, or anti-poaching programs are relaxed due to a lack of tourism
1: brought about by COVID. Because gorillas are so close to humans, can they get COVID?
0: (laughs) I would assume so. I am assuming animals can. Can they? I'm not a scientist. I have no. Can they? <laughs> Can gorillas get COVID? Let's ask Jordan. It's the world of weird. But
1: Wales' first minister told me travel in and out of the country remains restricted, and had this message for anyone considering heading there: "Please visit Wales, but do it later."
3: Yeah, hello, your boy oh. Jordan's in the town. <laughs> oh, no! have we woken you up, Jordy? Well, it, I mean, it's 8 a.m. in the morning here in Playa del Carmen in Mexico, so it's not exactly like a wake-up call, but for me, yeah, I mean, I, I'm getting a little lazy
0: these days, so yeah, 8 a.m. is pretty early, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy it's, to be here. So Jordan, it's breakfast time where you are right now in Playa del Carmen. I'm mm-hmm. in Paris. I've just finished lunch. I'm on to my, my third coffee, you know, the afternoon coffee. Oh, Ryan,
1: yes. where are you at? I'm currently in a city called Brisbane in a country called Australia. So, what this basically means here is we're all drinking and eating three completely different meals of the day breakfast, lunch and dinner. You're drinking coffee. I'm drinking wine. This is weird, man. (laughs) That's what it's all about.
2: It's the world of weird. Oh, wow. The
1: internet. The internet can do these things. That's insane. (laughs) Your
0: Instagram bio says that you date this girl called Travel. Mate, how is that relationship going?
3: (laughs) Oh, well, let's just say we had our rocky patch in 2020 (laughs) because, you know, I never knew my girlfriend would become illegal.
1: So So good to have you on Because you are literally the exact person We need to speak to here on The World of Mm. Weird Because uh, yeah, the Baxter review of you is phenomenal mate Like anyone that owns a phone Has definitely seen your face before I am a guilty person of that Um, Mate, you've you've seen literally every crevice Every dark corner of this world So it's absolutely perfect to talk to you today In regards to like unusual travel stories Which is a world we're currently living in Um, Mm. But as a travel influencer influencer who has obviously taken a massive hit during this virus. Can you swallow that pill personally when you identify the positives that have come out of this pandemic, like the changes to the environment and that sort of stuff? It's not a
3: personal belief that I want to trash the earth, but I just feel like, you know, it's just delayed the inevitable by a year. And that year just happened to be in my prime 20s, baby. My prime 20s, (laughs) stuck in my room.
1: (laughs) Uh, Token gap year era.
0: Yeah. So Jordan, you've ticked the right boxes to be eligible as an Australian citizen to find your way into Mexico and to, you know, to continue your job as a travel creator and travel influencer for someone that's come from a very fast pace and has really lived through the hype, the early hype of, of fast paced travel that I think social media and this demand for more has generated. How mm-hmm. do you see the way forward? Like what's next?
3: For me personally, I've been in Mexico for a month in Playa del Carmen. It's very different, like two months. I'm just going to spend two months, probably three or four in sort of the one area, which is unheard of for me. So it's definitely changed um, straight away in the forefront, like for me right now, because you know, a lot of countries aren't, still aren't open and it's just, it's such a headache to get to different countries with all the tests you have to do or the information you have to actually just find to figure out if you're eligible to go there. So, yeah, I think right now it's very much like a different world. Like it's a slow travel work world. Mm. But, you know, even in the future, I do think that the, the weekend trips will be more hesitant for a long time to come. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to be doing like weekends in Barcelona for a little while.
0: <laughs> do you think? Do you think we're part of the
3: problem? As in humans?
0: No, as in as in travel oh.
3: influencers. Oh, I mean, we're travel influencers. We're always a part of the problem.
0: <laughs> we are. We are the virus. <laughs> I, I mean, but I just I just mean in the sense that, like, you know, in, in a way that someone that's constantly oversharing or sharing content consistently mm-hmm. in the realm of travel. Hoping to inspire others to travel. Do you think that has been part of the the problem of, you know, of 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 the world that we know it, you know, leading to this 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 place that we're currently in, where we're questioning what is next? Is this sustainable? I think 2019
3: was probably my most successful um, career year, and along with that, it was my most successful like how many countries I hit. Yeah, I think I hit like 34 countries in the year. And <laughs> oh my god, I hit. I hit, um, yeah, I hit, like, uh, all six continents within um, seven weeks once. Like, there was, a, there was a period there where I was in st- all six continents. So, it was insane. I was traveling like crazy. It was just, like, brand here, shrews board here, like, flicking around like that. And... Obviously, like I'm sharing it all, and people are sitting in the house going, "Wow, this guy's in a different country every week," and blah. blah. So I, I can't help but think that like some people would have made that their goal, even though I probably wouldn't advise traveling so quickly. Mm -hmm. People still would have probably made that their goal. So yeah, I do think we're part of the problem, and even, even now. Like where there are travel influencers, as myself, I left Australia. I'm in Mexico now. People, there's a lot. There's a lot of layers that people really either don't understand or assume or just put on you that either makes them travel, makes them not travel, makes them angry, makes them happy. Like really, what we share, it's so different for everyone's life that there's going to be so many different outcomes to people from what you're
1: telling just with what you said there about what people don't understand i guess i am also probably a statistic with that because here i am in brisbane australia listening to australian media telling me that i cannot travel telling me i can't even jump a border to a different state because it's illegal you guys are over there on the ground are you guys traveling are you guys getting the same media are you, is there traveling to be done out there right now that we just don't know about
0: Jack Keep left Australia's shores a year ago in pursuit of the powdered slopes of Canada. The tourism industry is pleading with the Morrison government for help, warning thousands of operators are on the brink of collapse.
3: Oh, wow. I mean, the Australian media. Oof, we love the Australian media.
2: <laughs> we love them.
3: I watched an article, I watched a Seven News uh, article the other day that was like, like a video on YouTube and it was like, someone in London, and they're like, look at London, it survived a war, it survived a plague, it survived like all these hectic things. And they're like, <laughs> but can it survive a pandemic? And they're just showing like the empty streets. They're like, will London have people in it again? We don't, we don't know. I'm like, bro, like what are you talking about? <laughs> that was so dramatic. But um, yeah, so that's the thing. That's actually one of my main reasons why I left Australia. One was sure my motivation for it to travel Australia was a bit less, just because it's my home country and I'm not. Um, I don't know. I just like grew up with it. But the main reason, actually, I found out was it was crazy to me that the media is just like constantly in your face about it. I haven't actually talked or heard about COVID in since being in Mexico. So like that's like too much, mo- like a month and a and a few days, like. You know, a month goes by. I haven't watched a news report or anything. I've just been living my life. And when mm. there's a new protocol in Mexico that happens you hear about it because they changed, you know, the gyms will either shut down or whatever, and you'll hear about that. But in regards to like just the daily in-your-face, one new case in Melbourne, three Mm. new cases in Sydney, (laughs) I'm just like I don't know anything about any of that. I have no idea. Mm. My life is so much better off cutting that information out of my mind right now because after a year of it, it really takes a
1: toll. So how many cats are out there? with their backpacks right now, bouncing around, taking boats, planes, helicopters, whatever it needs to do, having the time of their Mm. lives. How many of them are are, are you guys doing that? What's going on?
3: Jake can answer for him. But for me, what I've noticed mostly is a lot of people are living, a lot of people from Canada and a lot of people from America are living in Mexico, riding out the situation here in Mexico. And that's just what they've decided to do. So it's not really backpacking. But there is definitely an aspect, uh, a huge, uh,
0: still a huge aspect of travel happening here in Mexico. Mm. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely can empathise and and side with you on the fact that you know I I, I also see str- the Australian media almost putting up this sort of propaganda that it's reckless to be to even have the thought to want to to leave. The Australian borders. I mean, you have to apply to leave Australia, which is crazy. You know, it's like the only country in the world that has a hard lock on its citizens. But the media are, are a huge part of changing the way the way citizens think. So, I mean, I'm I, as I've mentioned to you before, I'm all for the fact that you've made that decision and that you are out back out in. The so-called world again, traveling, be it slow or just be in any in any in any format. Um, for me, being over here in Europe, I obviously applied you know, with the Department of Home Affairs in Australia and had to go through the same process to leave on the basis of work. But yeah, I mean, at the moment, in, in my world, um, I have managed to, to travel. And it's when I say travel, it's not reckless. I don't see what I'm doing as reckless. And I also think that maybe some people would argue that, any form of travel right now is against the health regulations because for so long, early in this pandemic, you know, we're advised to stay home. And that was the that was the message. That was the rhetoric. Yeah. It's like, stay home to save lives. It's the world. So what that has meant for the government is when we say we want to cushion the blow, we're looking at those issues around income support. We're looking at the issues around people's uh, obligations and working really constructively. But weird. Do you think young people have been influenced by the Australian media and fear travel?
3: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like I was influenced. Like it's not just like have sending I was influenced. And the thing is, like I know like the media is constantly sort of playing on fear because that's what gets clicks and that's what gets Had As someone in the internet world, I've been getting all these DMs, like you're so selfish for traveling from these Australians. You're such an idiot for leaving the best country in the earth, blah, 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 blah. like <laughs> all this stuff. And I'm like... I'm like, well, you don't know my situation first of all. But the main thing that I realized is that, yes, that was the message. Don't travel is the message from April, May, June. But now that we're like a year deep, we have so much information about travel, and the travel industry is actually set up for travel. we sanitize like a hundred times a day. <laughs> everyone's mm-hmm. everyone's wearing masks, you know, like it's very much like a open. Um, understanding about the virus now so to have the same mentality as we had in that first lockdown uh, like the first month of the virus situation to now is it's kind of kind of crazy to me but I un- i also understand that um, you know I have been blessed that I haven't been affected directly well, with the virus with any of my close family or friends due to the fact that I live in Australia and we really don't have Covid, so I do understand that there are people out there that are going. I they attach they're attaching their personal emotional mm. um, situation. Going, I had X situation and that was a struggle for me. And now I'm watching Jordan traveling. He doesn't understand my situation, so now I hate him. Like that's <laughs> that's honestly how it is. People people with emotion, people with very emotional situations are coming to me saying, "Oh, this happened to me, or I lost this person, or this, but and, and now look at you." And I'm like,
1: "Jordan is the virus. Jordan <laughs> yeah. is the virus."
3: Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I it really puts me in a weird situation because I obviously want to be be um, empathetic and like. I'm like, sorry, I'm so sorry about that situation with you. That must be tough at the same time. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, it's like, well, you you don't understand anything to do with me. I could be sitting in a room in Mexico for three months, not even interacting with a human. Mm-hmm. And you'd, you'd still probably see me as like this villain. So... Mm-hmm. It's a, very, it's a very dicey
0: internet world now. Mm. Do, you, do you think that like part of being a travel influencer can have the, you know, a bit of a double-edged blade or a double-edged sword where on one side people are like, this is such a desired lifestyle, but on the other side, I can't quite rationalize or empathize outside of the content. So, so for mm. one part, they're like, Oh, you're traveling. That's reckless. But the other part is stop sharing the positives when part of the world is negative. Yeah. Their like, world is negative. Yeah. It's
3: very, it's, it's so weird because everyone's like, no one really. I, if, I understand that people under people know or feel like they know travel influences because of they watch them daily or whatever on the internet. But even if I was being completely transparent and completely honest online, which I generally feel like I am, it um, you're still never going to get the full story because I can only share so much in a day, and you really don't understand much about my private life. So, like, people would always message me like with these sort of like ah, ah, ah and I would just reply like, like <laughs> "Sorry, what are the messages?" <laughs>
1: One more time, rah, please. Rah, 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 rah. Yeah. Incredible. You know,
3: Sounds like society. That's my, that's my, that's my, uh, angry heckling. That's <laughs> my angry follower heckling. Um, yeah, they don't even understand like anything. Like I'm just like, oh yeah, well I'm just living in Mexico. Like it's weird because if I said I'm traveling to Mexico, people would be so pissed off. But if I said hmm. like, oh no, I'm actually, I'm living in Mexico. And mm. then they're like, oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> Like what right. the hell? It's the exact same thing in my mind right now. That's what exactly what I'm doing. I couldn't afford Australia, and I had no gigs in Australia because every other tr- travel or tourism influencer in Australia, you know, they a lot of them generally don't travel outside of Australia. So the tourism industry there is very locked. Like the people that work with the tourism boards were getting the call up because they, the tourism boards have already got that relationship where I'm just this guy that hasn't been in the country for a five year period. I don't have any of those, I don't have any of those connections or relationships. It's so much harder for me. So I decided to leave and because Mexico's cheaper, I can actually afford to live here. And I've got um, other YouTubers or creatives around me here that makes like my environment for creating stuff is so much easier rather than trying to do it by myself. So I had all these reasons, but people just would ignore the heck out of those reasons just because they... No, have their thought and they're so hard set on like what they believe or what the government or whatever someone's told them that they're just like no There's it's an absolute mm-hmm. situation it's an absolute
2: it's a world of weird we are accustomed to the ease of travel
1: between the UK and Europe but now suddenly many of those links are being closed weird these bans will be revised over the coming days nobody knows how long they'll last but for the moment continental Europe is wary and turning a cold shoulder to visitors from the UK. Um, We are still in the... Okay, Jordy, we've been bombing you with questions. that are Like, there's no right or wrong answers to this. This is just your opinion and you're crushing it, my man. But you are Mr. Worldwide and we are living in very unusual circumstances, which only calls for some unusual travel stories. I know you've got a briefcase full of them, my man. So, I mean, going back through your little black book, if you want to like flip open that passport, do you want to take us back to a time where you just had like an unusual traveling predicament? Oh man,
3: I'll give you one from France. <laughs> okay, so I was down in Marseille. Do you know, you know Marseille? Oh yes. Oh, Okay, so I was down, I was down there and I was just staying in the dorm room and um, I came back pretty late, like from partying. So I think it was like, like 3 a.m. in the morning or 4 a.m. in the morning. And the bunk beds are quite uh, close together. They're very close together because it's just like you know, cramming a bunch of dirty backpackers in a room. So, are you calling yourself a dirty backpacker? Well, I would. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not the most clean guy. I'll, I'll I'll eat anything off the floor if I have to. <laughs> so keep the dream alive. Yeah, yeah. So I was traveling there, and I just I just stumbled back into my room at like. or 4 o'clock in the morning. It's pitch black, absolutely pitch black. And there was like one little like light on, like little warm light and everyone's sleeping. And then all of a sudden, I'm just like getting in the bed or whatever. And all of a sudden, these two um, backpackers like stumble back together. And there's only one bed. So, obviously, they're like, you know, they're kind of into something here. And because the beds are so close together, I'm literally like if I... I'm on the bottom floor, bottom um, bunk with them, so we're next door to each other on the bottom bunk, and it, it's like this stage where, like, if I move at all, if I move at all, eh, they'll know. And they get into bed, they're like making out and stuff, and I'm like right next door, like I'm I'm hearing these mouth sounds, man, like mouth sounds. Like, saying stuff and i'm like oh no this is so this is not what i want because they're obviously assuming everyone's sort of like asleep or that you know when that when you're drunk yeah Yeah, you know when like that they think that they're they're so quiet when they're drunk they're like and they're so loud they're like trying to be really quiet but they're like no one can
1: hear you when you're whispering that loudly
3: yeah they're like hey We've got to be quiet. But they're like screaming. I'm like, okay, these guys are clearly drunk. (laughs) Anyway, they get in and then they're like making out and I'm just hearing these lips smack and I'm like, oh, this is not what we want. And then she like takes her shirt off and like she's like helpless. (laughs) She's like – Did you have a (laughs) threesome? No, 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 no. I'm like sitting there and I'm like I'm facing them like because I'm like the the less (laughs) – I'm fake sleeping, right? I'm trying to fake sleep, and, and also sleep.
1: after being in a dark room for so long, your eyes start to adjust, Geordie.
3: Yeah, man, it was like so hectic. I was like, oh man, this feels like this is like I'm um, this is illegal to watch. I got to try and move out of this situation. So <laughs> I'm this trying is, to. You're getting a show for free out of this, mate. It, it was not the show I wanted, man. It was so gross. I was literally like, <laughs>
0: this was, only happens in the Moulin Rouge. <laughs>
3: yeah or in a backpack of the hostel every single, every second night. Um, so I'm just like there and I'm so I'm like I'm like watching so closely because I'm like right next to them. And then I had to like try and one, I was trying to get my headphones to try and like drown it out and two I wanted to roll over. so I, I'm trying to like slowly roll over you know like to try and like make sure they don't realize that I'm just literally like riding this through with them. It's literally you know the, the bed's like moving. You know, the frame of my bed's like moving. That's how bad like that's oh, so gross. Anyway. <laughs> so I, I end up rolling over and I just as I finish rolling over, like they, they're like they're like, oh <laughs> they realize. <laughs> but then they but then their human nature takes over, so it wasn't too bad. But honestly, the the way the bed moves and stuff, like I can't help but feel violated. I honestly feel oh. violated. Because you know, you wake up in the morning, and I was like, "Wow!" Like I've sort of been scarred by this. And I look at this guy. I don't look at like you wake up in the morning. You're at breakfast with them, and then you're like looking at them like, I know
2: everything. <laughs> I mean,
3: yeah, this, this has probably happened once, twice, three times, four times probably. I've had this situation about four times, all different experiences. But as soon as that bunk bed starts swaying back and forth and you're in it, one time I had the same situation happen, but I was on the top bunk and they're on the bottom bunk, so there was no visual involved. But I was just being rocked like a baby and I was like... <laughs> I was like, "Is this is this is this how babies like to fall asleep?" Because this was the most scarring experience of
1: my life. Uh, if one backpacker has sex, everyone has sex.
3: <laughs> Dude, honestly, like, like it's so weird because these bunk beds aren't even built strong. So, like, one movement, they're all wobbling. And if you're on the top bunk, it's literally
0: like you're like, uh, uh,
3: uh, uh, uh,
0: uh, right. 2021, we need to install better bunks. Buy oh, please. A backpack of hotels. Please. <laughs> Bring on the capsule hotels. I don't want, yeah, I exactly. I don't want no rocking now.
3: Oh, <laughs> my God. Anyway, there's, oh, I mean, that's one story. I've got many stories, but there's one.
2: It's the world of weird. We've also learned that Canada has raised concerns
1: about the accessibility for its population to get vaccines, and that Prime Minister Trudeau uh, has stressed that he does not want more travel to happen before that population can get vaccinated. H- Hey, Jordy, has it ever been a, an absolutely crazy, hectic travelling failure that has almost made you hang up your backpack? I've had my
3: whole travel bag stolen in Morocco with like like $10,000 worth of gear in it. I've been – I was once locked up in like customs like in the UK. They wouldn't let me into the port. I was sitting in that room for like, a room for like eight, nine hours because they wouldn't let me into the UK because they thought I was like, I don't know, some sort of threat to their society. But I've, I've, even, I've, even, I've, I've even slept in the same bed as um, this gay guy that I didn't realise he was trying to hit on me and then I found out at 3 m in the morning that he was hitting on me. Um, so I've had a... Yeah, I've had a lot of experience. <laughs> I found out by his physical touch, Shape. <laughs> There's a cheeky hand down the, down the Yeah, top. well, no, it wasn't that far, but there was a cheeky hand down the lower back.
2: Let's just put that.
3: That's enough. Anyway, That's I've, enough. Had, I've had a lot of experiences that would probably turn off anyone, but to be honest, like, you know, I just love travel so much that you take the bad just so you can hit the good. Like, it's 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 one of those things where... A bad situation almost what you want. Mm. You almost want a bad situation as long as it's not like, um, you know, financially damaging or um, really physically threatening.
0: You, those bad situations are just like just as good as the good ones in my regard, in my mind. So, Jordy, so through thick and thin, I think the underlying or silver lining message that I'm getting from you is that travel is just a win-win situation. For anyone right now who's missing that or just for anyone right now who is lacking that experience factor what, what words of wisdom would you give them the amount of people that message me and say, watch his youtube channel <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. no
3: the amount of people that i have um messaged me and say hey i want to do what you do but i can't or i don't want to like leave or i can't don't know where to start or i don't know how to travel or uh, what do you have where does it all begin like, there's so many people that have this experience, but they just don't have the confidence to, to get on that first flight because, you know, it's very hard to leave a well-known environment for something that you have no... Like, it's just so hard. Even me, when I come into Mexico for the first time after not traveling for a year, I had a couple of doubts. Like, it wasn't just all like, yeah, obviously, this is so easy. Mm-hmm. I, it was weird. And then when I got to Mexico, I was like, oh, well, I know exactly what to do. I'm not... It was fine after I got traveling, but... That first initial step is always the hardest for most people. So you just honestly, you got to book a, you got to book something. You got to just do it to experience something new. And once you've experienced something new, you're going to understand how it all works, and then you can go from there. But the first week of traveling by yourself is a huge learning curve. And then after that week, you'll be set. You'll have a whole new repertoire of skills you can pull on, which is awesome.
1: Mate, thank you so much for your insight. This has been truly inspirational, and. <laughs> Ah, A bit of a tease, quite frankly, a little bit of a traveling tease, but we're grateful for it. And, uh, mate, we always follow what you do and uh, we will follow you even when you're standing still over there in Mexico. Jordan, thanks again for uh, joining us
0: today on the World of Weird. Thanks for sharing your World of Weird. (laughs) No
3: worries, man. Uh, If I ever get a couple more weird stories, I'll let you guys know. Go out
1: there and find them, brother. That's what we want you to do. The
2: world of weird.
1: Look, there's loads more to this world of weird podcast. If you'd like to scroll your cursor south, we've got a couple more episodes there that you can dive headfirst into. If you'd like to spend any more time with our annoying voices, we are on Instagram if you want to jump on there and share your opinions moving forward with this podcast with us. Otherwise, it's been an absolute pleasure.
2: Hooroo. Weird.